0: My name is Chris Dillard And my name is Mike Royer And welcome to the official Superhero Slate review of Thor Love and Thunder uh, Just he's dropped in theaters He's back outer space, I suppose Though he's always been there Yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> he, he's,
1: he's always been spacey and out there yeah, I'll give you that uh-huh. I was gonna say, and you're the mighty Mike Royer But you are the real Mike Royer Welcome back um, to the show You took a week off um, and you literally just got back in time to watch Thor, Love, and Thunder and get on here. So I appreciate that, Mike. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. luckily, uh, we just came back from vacation. Maybe talk about it a little bit more on our normal yep. weekly uh, news recap episode, which you got to stay tuned, stay subscribed, and that should be in your feed. Well, literally as you're listening to this. Uh, but yeah, we just came back from Ireland, which is uh, in a totally different time zone than uh, Southern California. <laughs> yep. So my internal clock is... Uh, wacky, and we were trying to figure out, oh, am I going to be able to, you know, watch this movie by the time we record this week's episode? Well, uh, as luck would have it, uh, I I crashed super hard last night when we uh, finally got off the plane after our flight, and uh, woke up at like 7 a.m., like totally refreshed, wow. which doesn't usually happen. I know 7 a.m. sounds like very normal for uh, most people in whatever time zones that mm-hmm. they're in, but I was up for like, 30 plus hours, uh, traveling. Right. So, uh, woke up at 7am and I was like, Hey honey, there's a showing at 9am for Thor. You want to go watch it? We still have two hours to get ready for it. Basically. (laughs) So it worked out well. And I was, I was pretty impressed that it wasn't super easy to get really nice seats oh, on nice. a sunday morning for thor yeah there was like a 9 nine fifteen, and like 10 a.m and i was like oh then the, the nine fifteen. Oh, i don't like that smaller theater The the 10 there's not really any good seats that i like in that one i, I guess we're going for the 9 a.m nine. so uh, i that you can say at the very least that there is a demand unsurprisingly I- for a taiko td chris hemsworth uh uh, brand new movie <laughs> i
1: cannot um fathom a movie theater being open at nine o'clock on a sunday in my part of the country so that's i mean i know that's like part of the um i guess uh the, the it's the soulless southern yeah, california yeah like like la uh, like church's
0: population it, it, not going to church on well, well like
1: i mean you, your religion could be marvel or it could be as, um, well
0: hey with the time slot Guardian. that i just said like we got out around like 11 so you know yeah. if you if if you're a church-going person, yeah. by chance, you might be able to catch it in the morning and then yeah. go to a sermon, which is a very weird uh, uh, double booking, right? A whole right. movie about killing gods and then you go to the right. church right afterwards. I guess maybe that's your your penance if you feel it, like it, you need to, you know. And
1: maybe maybe you're, you could see your personal god in this movie. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. so um, I'm sitting here honestly. I, I just want to give kudos to you. I'm sitting here looking at our thumbnail on the video as I record this, and by God, you've nailed. The, the, the visualness of this movie here in one go with all the colors and then the 80s, um, I, it kind of looks like that word art style here in the word review that's got, like, the silver top half and the,
0: the oh, gradient 80s, on the bottom. 80s retro gradients. Yeah. yeah it's, not really, it's not really a spoiler necessarily to talk about the visual style of, yeah. of, like, the end credits of movies, but they do ape the 80s aesthetic, yeah. you know, just like they do in the logo in the kind of – rolling credits, which... Uh, I just kept thinking, oh, these names look really cool in all of these like '80s metal mm-hmm. albums fonts, and it just made me think like maybe that's the whole reason they made this movie. So like Kevin Feige could like take a screenshot of his name yeah. and that like electric guitar you know yeah. style, so he could just like put it at his like, yeah. as his like business card. It's mm-hmm. the whole reason for the movie is just vanity business cards. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I don't think he needs to take a screenshot, but yeah, yeah. He he definitely did. Uh, they probably they probably made this movie backwards, started with the credits, and then like how mm-hmm. can we tie a movie to these. Awesome credits. Uh, um, but, you know, 80s are back, you know. If you Stranger Things just got off the air, um, you know, Thor, Love, and Thunder. It, the, the 80s are making it come back 40 years later. Um, but, yeah, so um, I'm going to jump into this. I saw mine on Thursday, so I'm, I'm sitting on this, like, you know, a couple, four days later. Um, you're, you're, you're a fresh, fresh newbie plucked mm-hmm. right off the vine of, of this movie. And I will tell you, um, I, had, I went to the IMAX. Theater, which I normally go to for all my Marvel movies um, down the road. It's a little bit of a travel for me. Not horrible, but still, like, I literally live across the the street from another theater I could go to. And this was the first time ever in the history of going to this theater, uh, because it's IMAX, I'm like, maybe the IMAX screen isn't worth it. Um, And it's not the movie's fault. I'm just going to say the local AMC theater I go to has not updated their seats in probably... 30 years maybe since the 80s hell i don't know um and it was like the first time i'm like man i'm like cramped in here in like a, a stadium style seating i don't need the recliners but by god i love the space of reclining you know the recliners mm-hmm. in the other theaters and i'm like maybe going forward possibly going forward i may forego the imax experience for an upgraded movie theater that has better audio and seating uh to watch and That's what i didn't happens, really thought see- about that
0: as you get older, just like Chris Hemsworth in these roles, right, yep. you just – you want more com- creature comforts in life uh, right. than uh, seeing it on a gigantic screen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, other than that, um, the AMC also has a, uh, a
1: reformed Mjolnir uh, popcorn vessel, uh, you know, remember <laughs> my – they actually – had people going in and buying them early in the day and then selling them on eBay. So AMC put out like a pre-order for like their official ones to kind of combat that. Um, it looked pretty cool. I didn't see any how it would hold popcorn, but I'm like, well, I kind of wish. Um, yeah, I'm looking I'm one. looking
0: it up right now because I'm trying. Oh, I see. So it's, imagine Mjolnir, you know, uh, just sitting on the ground, handle facing upright, and then the handle plus the bottom kind of, portion of the the hammer lifts up uh, it's like a corners. lid yeah like, it. it's kind of yeah it's kind of like when you saw those like thor hammer like uh toolboxes back mm-hmm. in the day that's kind of what it reminds me of but, yeah uh yeah
1: <laughs> it's but well it's made also out of tin in plastic rather than just the plastic oh. one because you mean, can it see it that looks, dr it, strange it, one and it looks it's very plasticky behind yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I mean, this looks... It looks nice. I mean, I wouldn't exactly say it's, like, a, a show-stopping piece, but, you know, for something you put yeah. popcorn in, it looks pretty decent. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, and so, I mean, that's that's my new home theater go-to is just getting popcorn vessels and uh, decking up my theater and things that would hold popcorn. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I didn't... I don't know what theater had this, but they actually turned Reformer into a cup holder where you hold the stick and it opens up and it's just, like, a holder for your cup at the top. I'm like... See, how many people is, just messed how many people mess this up but what what a lovely um, <laughs> um prop the, to turn into the stuff
0: this is the problem with stormbreaker right you just can't envision it uh, as an item that you could put popcorn in that's yeah. that's the biggest problem with it yep. you know you could maybe sell it as an axe itself you know you could cut up your your generous deli meats for sandwiches but uh yeah i don't know what much uh well we did get an extra use for uh, For stormbreaker in this movie uh no spoilers yet at the top of the show but uh, it seems to be a vehicle in some way yeah
1: Uh, (laughs) um yep yep and so yeah we'll and we'll we'll talk about that so uh other than the other than you going at 9 a.m and me you know starting to rethink my choices in life of of movie theater patronage anything else before we we kind of jump into this because we've not we've barely talked about it mike have his vacation didn't bother him with you know worldly things and you um ready to jump into this
0: yeah, let's let's share some spoiler-free thoughts All on right. Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. So, so who's going first here? Let's. Uh, who wants to do it? You? Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and drop it first since it's okay. still a little fresh in my mind. Go for uh, it. So, Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. Just a very, very quick recap of the last time we saw Taika Waititi take on Thor: Ragnarok, and we have this in our archives. You can go back and listen to our review of Thor: Ragnarok. And overall, I thought it was a really positive experience to see Taika Waititi kind of. Almost like taking the piss a little bit out <laughs> of the the grandioseness of Chris Hemsworth and him being a god, making him a little bit more of a, uh, a oafish character for comedic relief. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember one of the, the one of the negative things I did not like about Thor Ragnarok is I thought just maybe. One or two times too many did the did the joke, did the comedic punchline kind of take the wind out of the the drama mm-hmm. of the movie, which is not necessarily saying every Marvel movie needs to be dramatic, right? But, you right. know, you want your, your big, serious moments to really hit and sink in so you can, like, really, really connect to your characters. And unfortunately, I feel like the problem only got worse for me in Thor Love and Thunder. And uh, after leaving the movie... I was just thinking well how did I feel about this film and I think the best way I can sum it up is unfortunately I just liked it I didn't love it which is kind of hard for me to say because I think a lot of people out there who are fans of the MCU and just uh, fans of good even television at the moment are big fans of Taika Waititi I mean his career is kind of blowing up right now he's uh, producing uh, you know what is it Our Flag Means Death which got a season uh, 2 for him he's also on uh, What We Do and The Shadows mm-hmm. and Reservation Dogs, which and, are all really, really great shows. And Star, he's got a I, Star Wars
1: movie coming too.
0: Exact, exactly. So he is taking off. He's doing a lot of great stuff. And I think we all had really, really high expectations for Love and Thunder because that was almost the common ground for just – movie fans and also mcu fans uh ragnarok was up there i sometimes it was people's number one if they mm. weren't really hugely connected to the mcu it was at least usually in the top three so i think rightfully so we went in with high expectations i i kind yeah. of fell short for me unfortunately so that's kind of where i'm sitting right now i think i'll be able to maybe dissect it a little bit more once we jump into spoilers and we can yeah. talk about the different story beats and and moments but uh yeah I, i'm i'm feeling i'm i'm yeah. left a little disappointed which maybe when we talk about it today it might sound like i didn't like the movie once we start talking about it but yeah yeah unfortunately i wish that's not where i was right now but mm-hmm. uh chris what did you what did you think
1: uh i'm i would say i it, it's just a movie um at the end <laughs> of the day like literally i was sitting there watching this uh, the the opening of this movie and the ending of this movie are probably some of the best scenes in Marvel, right? A hundred percent, some of the most touching, some of the most emotional. Um, however, very early on, I'm like, God, this is just a popcorn movie. Like, I can literally kick my legs up, throw popcorn in my mouth, and watch this movie and laugh at it. And that's really all the a lot of the middle of it is at the end of mm-hmm. the day. Um, and that's that's not a bad thing i'm i'm i applaud marvel for taking um a genre approach for each movie rather than having the same genre for every movie and honestly with all the heaviness we've had lately um from spider-man dr strange moon knight um it's been a little heavy right um everything's kind of been heavy so i feel i i applaud them for doing literally this is a comedy film a comedy action film at the end of the day um and it's it's what I appreciated about it as well. It's very brisk. Um, they don't make you linger on anything. They're like, yep, right next next thing, moving along. And that's part of the you know a comedy aspect, right? You don't linger on things in comedies. Uh, the action scenes are fantastic. Um, I think as well when when you do get them, uh, I think I think they're great. Uh, this does dive into I believe the lore of Marvel, um, bring comic lore into the MCU a little hev- a little a little not heavier. In, in a much bigger regard, but at the end of the day, you know, doesn't really amount to anything. Um, but so I, I think I I'm not, I don't want to come down on I'm not coming down. On, I think it's a, a fun movie. It's a very fun movie, but does it really do anything at the end of the day? Is, is kind of where I'm trying to think. I'm like, what are the implications of this film? Um, and and are there any? Uh, at, <laughs> so, like, I'm like, I'm like, because yeah, it's just a yeah. romp, and then it's a, sure, it's a fun romp, but you know, are, does. Does everything need to be, you know, cosmos reality um, ending results? And this it feels like you know with you know we know it's to God but it was a more personal vendetta rather than like hey I want to kill the the all the universe I want to I want to destroy all of realities. It, it felt more personal and you know I kind of feel that that was very I appreciated that a little bit more that hey mm-hmm. we don't have to get. We the, the, have to get everyone involved, um, but it's a very brisk yeah. movie, so I, I, yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah, I feel like the concepts, like, if you were to sit down when the story is being broken or if you had a chance to to meet the writer when they kind of turned in their first draft, like, all of the concepts in the film are great, you know? I, I love it on paper. It just felt like the execution, which, it, you know, do you place that on Taika? You know, do you place that on, like... Feige, uh, a producer, you know what exactly is happening here. It, it's hard to say, but yeah, to I've, me, I'm starting to get the vibe of like we're not mad, we're just disappointed, yeah. right? <laughs> the, well, there, there's after after
1: the success of Ragnarok, you expect something to build on that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's kind of like watching a sequel that does the same things again. Like this is it's like I, this is Iron Man two to Iron Man one. Like Ragnarok yeah. is Iron Man one, and this is R- Iron Man two. Iron Man two is not bad. But it didn't really push the envelope, did it? It was like the mm-hmm. same kind of the same thing againish. Um, I will say Thor has a villain problem uh, in every one of his movies, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you're white and British, uh, three of them are <laughs> men, one's woman. You're probably a villain in a Thor movie, and you're probably not gonna really get the, um, you know, the the the, I guess the the chance you deserve now. I'll put an asterisk beside Loki. He was able to bring himself into the Avengers um, and, and make himself something more. But like in his, in the first Thor outing, he's not that you know impressive at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think again it, it it's bookended by beautiful, uh, very touching scenes. But in the middle, it's it feels uh, to me like a little bit about watching what we do in the shadows and our flag <laughs> means death. Right? It's just a a fun kind of, you know, I guess skewering of, of genres, but nothing too serious, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. I do want to say two things to your to your thing before we get into this. I feel there is a lot of scenes on the cutting room floor um, to make a two hour runtime because I told this to uh, listen in the show, um, Patrick, uh, earlier today. We were texting about it. I believe last night is I think Marvel is gun shy to do a two and a half hour movie after Eternals. -hmm. And this movie was filmed during Eternals. Feels like there's a lot more there that we just didn't get to see um, and was kind of removed for, uh, I I guess, like I said, uh, for lack of a better, briskness again. Like, we got to get to two hours, take out anything you can, keep the story cohesive, um, you know. But, like, there's, I think there's stuff there on the floor. And in our daily notes, I don't have it down here. um, I believe there's like four hours of footage uh, for the movie. Like, the quote unquote, the first. Version Taika turned in was four hours, um, mm. and um, I don't I don't need to see a director's cut, but it would be interesting to know you know what what what's left there like you know yeah I
0: think I saw a headline where Taika was not he's not really into director's cuts yeah. in general. So there's not going to be probably a longer version of this movie that he's, you know, clamoring to get out there. So it seems yeah. like he is okay. Uh, and probably yeah. very proud of what he put out. Yeah. And, and, and let me
1: say, you know, one of the applauses here, much like your thumbnail, this is Thor at Ragnarok and Levin that are, are pushing the boundaries of visuals in the MCU. Um, probably I see even a little farther than Dr. Strange does um, in terms of everything they do, right? Um, the, we have, uh, you know, again, the Bifrost we know about. God damn, I love these war goats that he's got along <laughs> the way. Um, the, the the intro scene, um, well, you know, we, we've seen the tra- Him with the Guardians of the Galaxy, visually impressive. I, I think there's a lot of great visuals in here, and this, this is just kind of pushing it a little further. Yeah,
0: I would say, not to confuse it with, because I know there's a bit of a narrative floating around out there on social media of, like, the quality of VFX when it comes to Marvel movies, but I, I think... I like what you're saying when it comes to, like, the art direction specifically, mm-hmm. like the opening scene, which we won't spoil anything yet, they are, uh, there's a, a villain that they're fighting that almost looks kind of like a weird, maybe, like, puppet-type yep. creature. I don't know if it's the way it's rendered or maybe also the way it's animated, I th- I but I think it looks it's, I think really it's
1: real. Cool. I think it's real. I think it's actually yeah. an, um, an animatronic or an outfit kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, whether it is or not, they're fooling yeah. us and it's working. And yeah, it's working well. And then also the a bit that we had get to that we do get to see in the trailer is kind of like the quote unquote like black and white planet. Yeah, which I think plays really really well uh, visually. So yeah, yeah, I do like whenever we get a chance to see a Marvel movie, I, just like I yeah. guess step outside of itself a little yeah. bit, and we do get some of that. In
1: yeah, and, and um, yeah, we also see the tra- the God City when you get to see the details of the God City. Um, I think I think there's a lot in there that you know when when this releases or a high quality version comes out, people will be literally zooming in on frames of this for a very long time. Um, but it looks it looks amazing. Like it just kind of brought it to life. So um, last last bit here, uh, Mike. Box office uh, before we, we dive into this, mm-hmm. uh, 302 million worldwide this weekend. Huge numbers. Um, already a third of the way to a, mil- a billion dollars. Um, people people are going and seeing it. I think even if you're not an MCU person a you've got Natalie Portman jacked as hell uh you've got Chris Hemsworth butt ass naked uh we saw that from the trailers uh so I think that alone could get people in get butts in seats if you will cloth butts in seats hopefully uh and you know it's you don't need to know everything about Marvel to watch this movie
0: Um, Well, and also the the pedigree that is Thor, like one of the last remaining core Avengers left alive slash actors, you know, in it. So he has the, the, the highest, probably like, uh name identity right now maybe Mm -hmm. outside of like spider-man or something when it comes to like this legacy of movies so i think no one was surprised uh that it made money and it was going to make money yeah uh so uh, no one no one uh was in disbelief yeah no
1: no not at all and it was the biggest thursday uh this year so far and i was like that's surprising because batman and doctor strange were out so Mm -hmm. um people are lining the uh line in the theaters to go see this so um Good, good for it I mean I, we love we want every movie to succeed except Morbius so um, that that's uh, that's that's our motto for this year so let's jump in to spoilers Mike uh, and everything else in between
0: um, yes I, I I think I would like to talk about you know just start it off on a bad note I guess yeah. I think the single worst pinpointed thing about this film, is to me the whole narrative relies on the relationship and the love in the title love and thunder that thor has for jane foster and they have negative chemistry Mm -hmm. in this entire film i never once thought that these two characters cared for each other at all and I don't know if that's just because they've never really connected all that much and Jane Foster has kind of been uh, forgotten and left to the wayside in the MCU, so we just never really got to see that development. But, or if it's just the overly comedic and sarcastic tone that uh, is pervasive in everything in this film. Mm-hmm. So like even when they were like, emotionally connecting and stuff, everything felt just like a joke. So when the whole movie hinges on this and this love and even when she dies at the end of the movie, like I just I did not even feel it for yeah. a second. So I just do not understand why the movie was built around it at all. That, I, that felt like the biggest well, mistake to me.
1: I, I'm going to I'm going to actually uh, parry you with a bigger mistake. Oh, um, ching, ching, ching. Um, his name is Gore, the God Butcher. Ooh. We saw him butcher a god. <laughs> um, in the first five minutes of the movie, literally didn't see him kill another god. Uh, the I know it
0: all happened on a on a monitor in the right. Milano spaceship. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: we got Sif back. He he dismembered you know uh, Sif. Uh, however, literally, if you're going to get Christian Bale and call him Gore the God Butcher, which I do reference him in in the movie that way. Uh, at least show and kill him some gods.
0: Um, yeah, what I, an amazing, uh, what an amazing shot of just dead corpses. Yeah, that we didn't get to see anything happen with. Yeah,
1: um, so I, I, think you know, um, I, I agree the chemistry is not there, but I do appreciate the end of the film says that it's love and thunder. Love is the girl, and and he's the thunder, right? I think that was a very fun little reference um, for for them to be at. I want to know what her powers are. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the beginning of the film and say Moon Knight and Miss Marvel are in the opening logo. Mike, a little Easter egg. Um, oh, okay. I I caught Moon Knight. I didn't see Miss Marvel, but that's the articles I've seen. So uh, they are updating these logos literally as the shows are airing. So um, which of course you know they're not making this a day before, but. Yeah, yeah, that's great. They wanna, have it in
0: there. I want to see that After Effects project file. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, do they yes. just like go into like the instance instance and be like, all right, replace this clip with that clip? Okay, now re-render the logo. Yeah. get it going.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and if they do, that's fine. I think, I think it's really really cool that they did that. It's a little fun Easter egg. Um, I, again, I think the intro scene of you know Gore and you know losing his daughter uh, on the dry desert planet and running into. Um, the gods which you know are, are have become you know parodies compared to superheroes which was a point Zeus mm-hmm. made later on um you know was was t- I mean I, I wouldn't say t- it was devastating to see him you know lose lose a child and find out your your gods are just you know here to to, to make fun of you uh, you drink mm-hmm. wine and, and and be merry so I um I, I hope that's not the last we see of the Necro sword but I, I do think the intro was great and the outro with you know again Thor being the uncle of to Gore's revived daughter was really touching. I think, you know, the bookends are fantastic, but the journey yeah, to get I there re- was
0: rough. Yeah, I, I loved how the the movie ended because I like how, okay, now where do we take Thor, right? After mm-hmm. this... A one of many adventures that he's been on the MCU, we need to keep evolving his character, right? And yeah. I love that this new version of him is basically going to be t- be paying, like, a, a fatherly role. It's something we haven't really seen him to. And it kind of forces him to grow up a little bit. And, man, yeah. talk about all of the the homage it pays to, like, this daughter, the the, the relationship that she shares with, like, how Loki was raised, mm-hmm. right? And even Thor's, maybe even his own issues with his father growing up, like, with power, Uh, So I feel like there's a whole lot to build on here, right? I feel like there's so much there, like that should have almost been the the core of the movie, in my opinion. You know, I'm not necessarily saying oh, in the first act, Thor needs to be like begging Jane to have a kid, and that's the reason they broke up because you know he wouldn't give her you know a child or an offspring. But like you know, maybe like if they were more interested in like, oh, I'm Thor, what's missing in my life, you know, it's not necessarily it's a woman, you know, it's somebody, it's about my legacy, it's about growing up, and that kind of leans into just like the story problems as well, is what was the story of Mm -hmm. this movie, unfortunately? They kind of started as when Thor is kind of deciding to leave the Guardians, it's because like what what was it again he he, well, he, he doesn't have purpose he, he he yeah he wants to
1: feel shitty uh and yeah, and boy he, did they nail that like saying shitty quite a few times in this yeah. movie like he
0: <laughs> needs to he was, like, trying to, like, find himself or something. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, oh, the answer was him getting a daughter. That was the purpose. Yeah. But that happened at the very right. last second. It's not like we were building up to that. It was almost like, oh, twist, you have, like, a kid now. Well,
1: Surprise. The, the, the point was, to it is better to have loved and lost and never to have loved at all, I think. And then he, mm-hmm. you know, reconnected with Jane, even though you don't feel that in the movie. And, yeah. you know, he, he lost Jane. But, like, at the same time, like you know, he did that in return by loving Jane, he was able to convince Gord not to kill all the gods. So yeah.
0: if it, it felt kind of weird to bring yeah. Sif back, who we thought was kinda gonna be maybe the other part of a supposed love triangle. Mm-hmm. Maybe there could have been another yeah. you uh, know what love interest as well. Fake out <laughs> the love triangles between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do I do think the concept of that was funny. Like that's the thing. That is a really funny joke. Like that, if I was just sitting down yeah. chatting with you, other people yeah. about Thor, like oh, wouldn't that be so funny? You know, if there was like you know, Stormbreaker was getting yeah. upset because Mjolnir was back, but like to be at such a I, pivotal point in the movie was just very strange.
1: Well, to me, it's a great visual gag, right? It, it's uh-huh. it's all all that came out to be a Stormbreaker is jealous, and and honestly, I I kind of got a little bit of that because like half of Stormbreaker is. Groot, like a teenage Groot, so of mm-hmm. course it's like m- like emotionally unstable and it's like i want to be your only hammer it, it's fine um but i i it's a great visual gag right to like when mm-hmm. when like stormbreakers like creeping in the back frame on some of those like i was like oh that's pretty funny like uh, it's it's got its own personality because it's been imbued with magic and all this other fun stuff um i i i think you know some people may agree or disagree i love the screaming goats I, and the highlight of them is them screaming as they run into that planet, which I thought was a lot mm-hmm. farther away than it was. I'm like, oh, that planet's in the distance. They're going to swoop down and find him. No, that planet was literally right there, and they just smash right into it, and, like, the goat started screaming. I, I just love it, and, and, and I don't know why I love it. It's not a good <laughs> joke but maybe it's because my parents have over a hundred goats at their house currently. That's the thing. You're (laughs) you're a very specific
0: target audience for this movie. You you have, you have the goat backstory with.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, I totally get screaming goats just like being stupid. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. they'll follow food and bright, shiny things. And like, that's exactly what goats are. They are just obnoxious. So, um, thought that was funny. I also enjoyed the guardians are literally trying to get rid of Thor. They're like, we just want to get rid of you kind of thing. Like, we're, we're tired of, you know, almost losing battles and you coming in and, and, and winning at the end. Um, those chicken things were pretty cool, though. I think those were fully puppets, like, uh, or at least people yeah, in suits. Yeah, They, they,
0: they were very strange. We were, we were right. When we were talking about the this movie and its trailers coming up, we think we both agreed, oh, okay, the Guardians are not going to be in this movie that much. This very yeah. much feels like they are front-loading the trailer with familiar faces, mm-hmm. and we're going to be moving on to... More oh. of a Thor story. I, I thought maybe they might show up Deus Ex Machina style in the in the third act, but that yeah. wasn't the case. Especially when he was talking about like, oh, we need like a we we need backup. We need to go get yeah. backup. And I guess the Guardians were technically busy yeah. across the world. I'm sure Captain Marvel was involved out yeah. there as well too, because that's apparently what happens when these oh, uh, yeah. space uh, space heroes are too busy to help mm-hmm. is because they're on another planet with somebody else. Uh, I think one thing I actually really liked about the movie, it just felt kind of wasted like gore was Russell Crowe's Zeus. interpretation of Zeus, yeah. which he he put on, he used this very weird Greek accent, but I just kind of loved everything about the characterization. <laughs> like when he would step <laughs> down from his like little pedestal, he grabbed his like little skirt thing yeah, and yeah. he was doing like he, weird karate moves like- with the Light bulb- yeah, he's
1: like very bulb- flamboyant <laughs> about it, if you will. Like, yeah. like Russell Crowe, you think you know, Oh, Gladiator, serious Oscar-winning uh, movies, and he's up here just like, nah, fuck it. Like, I've got a yeah. bad accent. I'm gonna use the word orgy in the Marvel for the first time, and like <laughs> yeah. keep saying when- it.
0: <laughs> When the film was over and people were starting to walk out, I leaned over to my wife and I was like, "Oh, do you see all these kids in the movie theater?" And she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "All of these parents are going to have to explain to their kids what an orgy is <laughs> yeah. as they walk out." It's like, "Oh, it's just a party yeah. for adults." But yeah. the thing is, the the Russell Crowe uh, Zeus character kind of embodies like the 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 pros and the cons of this movie pretty well as like one character. Is mm-hmm. like you do bring in like this very specific like Taika Waititi you know humor and kind of this, these very interesting characters that you you can't even explain until you watch them, these performances that they get to choose. I don't know if Taika gives them to this or, like, Russell Crowe's just like, oh, I'm just going to do something weird. This is going to be fun. But then at the same time, it doesn't really amount to much, right? No. I thought this was going to be a, such a more pivotal moment in the film, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, they're going to, like, this, I guess what is essentially, like, a god planet, all these gods are hanging out. I, I thought we were building like this really interesting narrative of just like, I'm kind of on gore side here. Yeah, all yeah. of these dudes yeah. are. Assholes. Yeah. They des—they kind of deserve to die. Yeah. I thought, like, maybe gore might sneak in, kill right. some people. It might be a massacre. Maybe these shadow puppets were going to be all over the place. Yeah. And I-, I think I saw somebody uh, online say, so I won't take credit, even though this isn't, like, an original term, but it just kind of felt like a fetch quest. Yeah. We were just going to get this lightning bolt, that, which, could honestly, it could have been anything. It didn't have to be Zeus's lightning bolt. They could have just wrote any sort of, like, MacGuffin weapon to defeat the other MacGuffin weapon out there, the necro swords. So I was like, I wish this amounted to more than just an after credit scene where we get to see Roy came. Well, well, I was gonna say,
1: but that—that's the point of. I mean, the point of it was a to prove that Gore is right. The gods are fat, lazy, and they don't care Mm -hmm. about their people. You 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 even said you agree with that. Like they they nailed oh, yeah. the message, but the, you know it, they literally could have done that anywhere else. But that you get Brett Goldstein as uh, Hercules, who is a, <laughs> a an Avenger. Um, actually, he's been in the Avengers for years in the comic books, so that's fantastic to see. Um, he's a real man. He's not CGI folks, no matter what you people on Ted Lasso think, Um, <laughs> it, I think, I think that's a fun little cameo. I mean, like you said, we've, we've heard rumors. He's been in MCU for a couple weeks now, maybe a couple months. And we were like, well, where's, where's he going to be? Maybe they'll announce it at comic con. Nope. Right here. Boom. We get that. Um, I, I do think you know the 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 God thing... I'm gonna go back I want to see the God things I think it's interesting the Black Panther God was in front of them I don't know if you saw that the whole time um, no I was you know, I was
0: trying to uh, I was trying to scan a little bit trying to figure out what yeah. was there um, uh, unfortunately I was a little distracted by the bow huh. God the the, the steam dumpling that felt like <laughs> a step too far in yeah. my opinion because I was like what what is this? Is this seems like a like what is this like a Wreck-It Ralph cameo or right. something like that? Is this like a Pixar movie? It, like <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's just an instance of just like I, I don't know. Uh, I brought this up a little bit when we talked about our review of uh, Peacemaker, right? You know, when you give a project to a creator that they get almost universal control over because they've already built up so much goodwill with the studio and the audience that nobody out there is like telling him to rein it in or tone it down a little bit and maybe nobody thinks it needs to happen right you know if you're a producer an executive in charge of making this movie you know taika Waititi has been knocking it out of the park left and right in hollywood why would i ever say anything he must know what he's talking about But like i feel like somebody should have been like there's a you literally put a cartoon character in this scene do we think this is going to be a little distracting? Well, there, some people might not think so, and that, that's yeah. fine. But I was just – I was kind of taken out of that scene of just yeah. like, okay, no. who's next? Like Heathcliff the cat? Is right. he going to be like sitting on a chair or something well, around the no, corner? No, I,
1: you're 100% <laughs> right. There's a, a billion other gods they could use rather than a, a yeah. bow dumbling. However, I think my complaint of this whole um, you know, omnipotent city is all these almost feel like human gods. Like, mm-hmm. there, we have aliens and, and, and other people out there. You know, we've seen that in other movies. Where are those gods? Everyone's like, a dumpling. Well, that's a human dumpling, obviously. You know, Zeus, the leader of all the gods, is a, a, a human god. Uh, you know, like, there's. it felt like there was a little more lenience on that. Now, we did see in front of them um, an Aztec-looking god. I'm like, is this... Is this tying into Namor? Is this an Aquaman? <laughs> or not Aquaman, uh, an Atlantis reference kind of thing after some
0: stuff we talked about. It, but uh, and, and also, uh, we were talking about, I was hoping that this film would maybe answer some of my just overall general kind of just like lore questions in Mm -hmm. the MCU and what they're building up to because I've always been kind of questioning, you know, where does Asgard and Midgard and the realms kind of Mm -hmm. fit within the cosmic universe and like dimensions and they even say like, they say shadow realm, right? And that's like, I think that's the term for where gore is like staging his trap, right? So we're getting a lot of these like vague terms that nothing really clarifies. So it goes the same with like the gods, right? Does every visual representation of a creature in the galaxy get an adjacent looking god, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, gore had like a very specific kind of like ritualistic religious look, right? He kind of had like these scars, the like bands that went down by his eyes, you know, they were very, uh, um, uh, they were very, Stringent followers to this god That when they eventually met him in that oasis Didn't really look anything like him So they just I I know like Tycho is not the type of Creator that's gonna set up all this Lore and rules he's just out there Looking for entertainment and some fun And humor and jokes but like you know we are building a cinematic universe here no. we, i think we need to clear some of this up a little bit right especially since we might be seeing like this this god storyline you know kind of yeah. come back around right and you know everybody was like speculating oh is moon knight gonna you know tee up into this in any given yeah. way it didn't yeah. <laughs> it didn't well, at all <laughs> well I mean,
1: it, honestly there could be gods in there but yeah, it's not a direct connection right like the moon knight mm-hmm. gods could be in there somewhere uh, in in the background now i will say i think i i will disagree i think some of this i mean we they don't need to everything doesn't need to build onto a universe the people don't need i don't think the intro god and him not looking like it ties into it um but we did get to see some of the the bigger stuff some 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 little seeds along the way we got to see two celestials which we talked about a little bit in the trailer right Um, Those don't seem to be the Celestials um, from anything that we saw in the Eternals, uh, based on visuals. I've been kind of cross-referencing Celestial designs. I'm like, these look like maybe garden keepers or like people like other celestials not like eson the searcher kind of dude so
0: and like and size wise too i yeah. think garden size like they could be the celestials garden gnomes yeah like based on the dimensions that they are
1: well yeah they, they could be i think they were a little skill scale- when i was watching it, i'm like well, when the ship gets closer they look, they look more realistic um mm-hmm. in celestial size and at the end um at, apparently at the center of the universe we get to find um eternity which is a a um Concept of God of Marvel, but also we see some other cosmic beings in the background, the statues, right? We get to see Death, mm. Eon, Infinity, the Living Tribunal, which is the third instance of the Living Tribunal, by the way, um, which makes me think something's coming with him and uh, Uatu, the Watcher from the One F series, and it also looked like literally um, Eon the Searcher uh, that, that he had, like his head maybe with green eyes, fell over on the kids, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I think I think there's some a bigger celestial there, maybe the the. The, the original celestial so they're they're laying these seeds they're you know they're giving us eternity which people thought eternity was in Guardians 2 uh, in Peter quill's eyes like whenever he went like was looking in space or whatever so it's interesting that there was not galactus now for a split seconds I thought there was galactus Mike did you think that was yeah the,
0: there, there was kind of like those similar kind of angle I guess they're not horns but you know a, a helmet silhouette yeah. so the Jack uh, Kirby me... design yeah it does make me wonder if they're just trying to like just warm the audience up to the eventually right Mm -hmm. like oh you know maybe feige has the idea of oh yeah we're going to get to galactus at some point in time so you Mm -hmm. know if we kind of want to hint maybe kind of put some similar visual designs in there that might be okay and well eternity
1: also has a very similar look to galactus with some of those helmet horn things like he does like they're Mm -hmm. they're not right angles like 45 degree kind of angles so I, I think it was like, hey, wink, wink, we know what you're thinking. Like, we're going to mess with you, but, but obviously at the end of it, it is uh, Eternity. So um, I think I think my other complaint with that would be, why is it the Bifrost that opens Eternity? Like, yeah. it's a very Asgardian thing. What was the specialness about it? Why, why is it the secret
0: of all? Yeah, and it was just like, this is such a big... Key that lets you into this, um, you know, wish. You know, it's, yeah, like, it's like the Dragon Balls, right? Get whatever right. you want. And I just kept thinking, well, this would be a lot easier for Thanos to achieve than getting yeah. all of these Infinity Stones that are protected by some yeah. of the most powerful people in the universe, mm-hmm. right? Well, just go take Thor's hammer when he's, like, drunk or sleeping or something and just, like, open up this. So I just don't understand, like, why it was privileged information. I guess mm-hmm. it came to... Uh, it came to gore in a vision after he picked up the necro sword, right? They,
1: they they cut out a lot of like again gore. Like I, there's no gore in this movie, hardly at all. Like other than him being creepy with children. So yeah, I feel like that's I mean, on the cutting room floor because like all his drawings and stuff on that planet. I'm like, where did these come from? Like what what is he yeah. doing?
0: Is one thing that is making me a little bit uncomfortable when it comes to the cosmic side of Marvel. It just seems like they're looking at it as a playground where you can literally do anything you want and you don't really have to dream up a reason behind it. Oh, because yeah. it's just in its just in space. We don't have time to go over it. And I felt like they had one too many things, right? Like the Necrosword and the concept of a, a God uh, butcher, right? You yeah. know, what wasn't already wasn't really explained. We just had to take it as a fact that it existed. Yep. You know, that, that was fine. I'm okay with that. But to just add more and more on top of it it was just making it more and more that we just have to stomach well, to get through the story. They just needed to tell us what, like other
1: than them discover, like Jane seeing drawings and be like, "Oh, we got to get there with the Bifrost." I'm like, could her research have said something like early on? Like, could could they have, yeah. like, literally? The God Butcher is not a is a title, not a thing, right? It's is passed mm-hmm. down from from sword owner to sword owner. So, yeah. there there could have been some Thor ex, even like an exposition dump, really. Um, yeah, if they needed I to.
0: I, and I don't know if they. I don't remember if they said that this location was at the center of the universe yes. or the end of the universe. Either, either either way, it seemed like the location wasn't even necessarily privileged. It was just the identity mm. of the key. So they're just like, oh, we're trying to, like, find Gore. We're trying to, like, track him down. But everybody knows where this thing is. It's just the, the important story beats that I feel like if somebody really, really loved this movie and they were trying to defend it, they would just say, like, why are you taking it? So seriously, this is just a funny movie with like fun jokes yeah. in it and I I agree there are funny jokes in it cuz Taika's good at making like funny moments on screen. Like I loved the beginning of the movie when oh. Thor plants Mjolnir uh, Stormbreaker and then yeah. he turns it into a witch's broom. Yeah. That is so oh, funny the, when he the flies. The witch's broom is pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, when he flies off the back, that's that is hilarious. I I love it. I, there's nothing wrong with that moment and I'm glad the movie exists because we got to see that, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you're building a movie in this huge cinematic universe, you know, where you're sharing all these components and parts are going to be passed off to other writers and directors, it just it just felt like nobody really cared too much well, about all that. We just the, wanted to have we like we just want to have fun in this sandbox, and, and not really worry about the ramifications. Well, I,
1: and, but I I'm gonna say that's okay. I think you know the older movies that you only had the post credit scenes to deal with, and, and that's fine. We don't get those anymore. I will say the The first in credit scene um, was, uh, you know, obviously Hercules. The second was finding out Valhalla exists uh, when Jane disappeared. Yeah. She went to Valhalla. Was that a
0: di- was that a t- teaser for a Disney Plus series? Because that's what it felt like to me. <laughs> no, I
1: I think it, this might actually tie into the Eternals movie um, because like the the energy when they disappeared and reappeared feels like that Eternals energy when they created the, the Eternals when the Celestials did. So. Um, it could also just be like, hey, look, you know, uh, we we redeemed Heimdall in you know Ragnarok, and we had to kill him off in in game, but like you know, here's a fun little send off to see Idris Elba return again.
0: Yeah, um, it was kind of it to me. It seemed like that they were trying to tease something, just because in my mind, I think the fact that uh, Jane Foster kind of disappeared in a similar dust that Odin died with, right? Yeah. Like. I felt like that was enough for me, right? That was uh, telling the audience that she had kind of transcended just a human death and passed on as a hero, and that yeah. was our, our moment. And, I, like, I'm not to seem crass uh, for, you know, death of a character, but— we lost Heimdall a while ago in my mm-hmm. head. Like, I, I I don't think I needed to see Heimdall in the afterlife, right? You know, we even got yeah. to see his, like, lineage pass on, like, through a yeah. kid. So I was like, okay, that, that's fine. That was enough it, for me. So it almost seems like maybe they're testing the waters with something, which would be I, kind of really well, high concept, it, right? A, yeah. a series or a story that deals with the afterlife, you know? Yeah. The Good Place did it. Maybe they do it on Disney+. And, Plus. I don't know. And
1: I'm going to be a little less cynical and think, like, it's just like a fun send-off. Like, hey, Natalie Portman, you know, Thank God yeah. we got you and, back, Idris Elba. And, thank you for being here.
0: Move and you forward. could have and the and the proof of the pudding there is that it's in the second in credit scene, yeah. usually where they kind of just put you know one off the jokes pizza if you, papa. If you will, he'll get you, Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So
1: yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. And like it could be, and if they don't do anything with it, that's fine. If they do, even better. Uh, just showing that hey, they may be gone, but they're not lost, if you will, mm-hmm. kind of thing. If they ever wanted to bring them back, but. That's always an opportunity for universes collapsing and merging uh, through that. Um, the last uh, bit of thing, two things I want to say here. One, the tour guide at Mjolnir uh, is Daryl from the Team Daryl Team Thor shorts. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that kind of canonizes those shorts a little bit, or at least <laughs> that character. That's uh, funny. So those were pretty silly Waititi one YTD uh, things. And then... Um, I think the Infinity Cones is kind of an offensive ice cream uh, place yeah. because, like, this is a gauntlet and stones that killed half the people in the universe for five yeah. years. The
0: uh, this, this was another moment where I was like, this is a really funny joke. Mm-hmm. I love this idea of New Asgard being a tourist destination because yeah. it makes a lot of sense, right? right. It does feel like... Theoretically, in this universe, that this is what it would come down to. This place needs money. It needs yeah. some sort of like and, purpose. And, and people, this is what happened what happens. Well, people coming back after five years would have known them about all the you know
1: the universe. So like, oh, the, this is great to go see it.
0: Yeah, but but it does not feel positive necessarily. Yeah. Like yeah. they the the filming makes it seem kind of cynical, cash yeah. grab, almost like. Uh, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie was just Putting up with it almost like a means to an end Right like Mm -hmm. oh we just need to do this for A few more years until we have enough money To like you know expand or maybe Even like buy the land around us Or something like that and Also the whole idea of You know the gods being awful And unredeemable felt like we had Two storylines left out there that Felt very unresolved For the audience like Like I don't think new Asgard looks like a very fun place to live if you're an Asgardian, you know, it might be a fun place to visit. Uh, and also you could see this as like this could be like an an indictment from Watiti also. Right. You know, he is a native from New Zealand uh, and I'm sure he has very similar feelings when it comes to yeah. uh, colonizers and, you know, uh, tourists and whatnot, but yeah, it did felt, it did feel weird. It was like a straight up old spice commercial that Tessa Thompson was doing. And it, and then you, you do kind of feel like, Oh, this new Asgard stuff. I think, uh, uh valkyrie was wearing like a jersey like a new asgard jersey yeah like that's a hundred percent going to be in a gift shop soon Mm -hmm. right so very mixed messages from the tourist destination of asgard i (laughs) would not even say it's mixed
1: i think i think that it's supposed to be like tourist destinations do suck for the people who live there Mm -hmm. Uh, but asgardians this is like their i guess um maybe it's been like granted you know a country in in norway like you this is where you have to save your asgardian thing um uh, yeah, I, I just think the Infinity Cones is a, is a, a poor catch crab <laughs> in, in that, um, and it does remind me. I think this might be the last thing I did enjoy the return of Matt Damon luke Hemsworth, um the um sam neill and obviously the introduction of melissa mccarthy as
0: <laughs> oh yeah i was like oh man who's gonna play hella it's gotta be somebody that was really funny i liked that yeah i
1: was like oh yeah i, I i've heard rumors i've seen set photos but I, I just i spaced it until it got to it i'm like oh my gosh and then they're obviously the people doing the sets behind like they're doing this every day for, for like they're just walking across the thing to to make Mjolnir fly across and, and blow up in the hands. It was so fun um, to see that. But I think at the end of the day, like I said, this movie, it, it's got great bookmarks, but the middle is just, um, you know, it's it's not a good filling, but it, it, but it is filling. We have, we have seen a Marvel movie. Um, we've got to experience it with Chris Hemsworth, who, you know, again, gets better and better the more movies he does, I think. Um, you know, he, he was... The biggest I've ever seen him, Mike. His arms were as big as I was, um, for sure. So I, I think this is a it was, it's a fun time, but at the end of the day, you know, of of the Phase Four movies, it probably sits right in the middle of, of everything. Yeah.
0: it kind of feels like ordering one of your favorite uh, items at a restaurant, right? And they just don't make it quite right. You know, it's still what you ordered, and you'll still eat it, and like, oh, I, I like it. There's parts I liked, but like that the chef did not quite nail the execution at the end of the day so maybe you know mm-hmm. if you were having to you know adjust your tip which i know you don't adjust the tip ba- for the server based on you know how, well, how the chef cooked it but like yeah maybe this is more of like a a 12% tip, not so much yeah. like a 20% tip on gratuity.
1: Well, I, t- to me, it's uh, it's the Butterfinger situation. I love Butterfingers. They change the recipe. I still like them, but I'm just not into it as much as I was.
0: <laughs> Chris, this is why we do a podcast together, because you are the only person left on the planet <laughs> that will acknowledge that the Butterfinger recipe has changed. Yes, it's true. Every time I see somebody doing, like, a candy taste test on YouTube, they just... They never bring it up. That yep. recipe changed by Ferrero Rocher, and I'm still upset. And you know, I right. wasn't expecting that at the end of this. <laughs> uh, those bastards.
1: All right, well, let's <sighs> let's wrap this up. Get onto our regularly scheduled news program, Mike. If people know what you're up to, where can they find you at, sir?
0: Yeah, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you?
1: Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Uh, people know more about the show, where we do our regularly scheduled news episode every week. And I don't know if we have any reviews coming up, except for maybe San Diego Comic-Con in two weeks, which we're going to run mm-hmm. down all that. Everybody's coming back. Love and Thunder was announced there three years ago, so we got it. Uh, people, where can people find all that good stuff at?
0: Oh, well, if you're looking for the new Asgardian headquarters of Superhero Slate, we have not moved. We are still where we have always been at slate.com. You can get our awesome show notes over there and see our upcoming release calendar. I think maybe what's dc super pets if we end up doing a spoiler cast for there we got that on our upcoming release calendar mm-hmm. if you want to see a nice item itemized list of everything that has come out and is coming out uh you can find us on apple podcast youtube spotify wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts uh you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram you can get merch superhero site.com slash store what did you think of thor love and thunder reach out to us and uh let us know what your thoughts where do you think the franchise is going Uh, how do you think everything's going in the MCU? I've seen some up and down opinions of this new phase of MCU, which has been successfully kicked off, as in we've had quite a few additions to phase four. So how's it going? Let us know what temperature you're pulling for the MCU in this phase. Uh, And we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you next week. Bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe